Hi, it's Sarah Becker with your Money News of the Week. It is Friday, June 16th, and I missed y'all last week. If you tuned in, I had pre-recorded something about artificial intelligence planning my summer, and it was a super interesting thing to do and to talk about, but it wasn't really news because I was waking up on Friday morning in a hotel in the middle of rural Virginia as we were in our four-day road trip up to Vermont. We are finally here. Are we settled? I mean, ish, but we're here. There's Wi-Fi. There's news. Let's get to it. So yesterday, the Federal Reserve officially announced that they will put a pause on raising interest rates. This will be our first break in 15 months. They began raising rates 15 months ago in order to get inflation under control, but the punishment on consumers has been tough. For instance, if you were buying a house in March of 2022, so just over a year ago, your interest rate would have been a little over 3%, about 3.2%. If you're purchasing a house now, it's 6.8%. And if you bought a house the month that I did last year, November 2022, you locked into an interest rate at 7.3%. And yes, I cringe every time I get my monthly mortgage statement, but as you all know, our move was necessary. It was totally worth it. However, if I had bought just eight months earlier, and you know this kills me, my interest would have been half, meaning my monthly mortgage payment would be about $700 less a month. Ooh, I'll try not to think about it now that I've said it. April and May both saw strong slowing in inflation, so the Fed is calling this a success and they're going to give us a break. So what does that actually mean? It means that the rate will go up from the current 6.8%, but it doesn't mean that it'll go down either. Credit card rates are also incredibly high right now at an average of 24%. We don't know how long this pause will last. We'll have to see how the next few months go, but the Fed has hinted they might start raising rates again at the end of the year. In 2018, Tulsa, Oklahoma was one of the first areas to offer a $10,000 cash bonus for remote workers to move there. And if you're curious, Vermont currently has a program like this too. I'm not a part of it because I don't live here, you know, year round, but I've had a few people ask if I am. I'm just here for a few months in the summer, so I don't qualify. But the deal in Tulsa was that these new citizens would have to live there for a year. But now, five years later, Vox has reported that over 90% stayed over that year commitment, and over 75% of that initial group that moved there still have not left. They are still in Tulsa. They made Tulsa their home, which makes this program a huge success. On average, each person in this program brings in about $150,000 a year in salary, which goes very far in Tulsa. And the city has also been extremely intentional in offering a large amount of community events and connection opportunities, making community a huge reason people moved and then stayed. Our generation is seeing a huge transition to remote work that makes programs like this actually doable, and I think we'll be seeing a lot more of them in the next few years. Anecdotally, I can definitely say that for myself and my other self-employed solo entrepreneur colleagues, community is the biggest thing we crave, and programs like this not only provide a nice financial incentive, but the opportunity to be part of a community that could last a lifetime. Like I've already mentioned, we have arrived in Vermont for the summer, and while we bought the house furnished and we stocked a lot of kitchen items last year, our first year up here, we still needed to do a huge shopping run when we arrived. Thankfully, there's an Aldi half an hour away. This isn't an ad. It started to kind of sound like an ad, but y'all know I don't have ads. But anyway, thankfully, there's an Aldi half an hour away. So we were able to get what we needed at really the lowest prices possible, but they don't carry everything, right? So my husband Barry went to Home Depot for contractor bags, and he told me he just like stared at them stared at the contractor bags for minutes before he could bring himself to like pick up a box because they were at least double the price that they were last year. 
The fund for the city of New York released a study in April showing that half of working age households in New York City don't make enough money to cover their basic needs, which is a huge jump from a third of households in 2021, which is still staggering to me. The median household income in New York City for this group is $70,000. So that's not salary per person in the household. That's household completely combined. And the study found that $100,000 a year per household is needed to meet just basic cost of living within the city. And it's not just urban areas that are struggling with this. The PBS NewsHour released an analysis earlier this year arguing that rural Americans, often not included in surveys such as the one I just quoted, are impacted even more by inflation and the cost of living crisis than city dwellers. Citing rural issues like higher transportation costs, like for instance, you have to have a car, you have to put gas in it, you have to drive further to get to groceries, and oftentimes groceries have to travel further to get to you, and often they're marked up in small stores that are the only reasonable option geographically, etc. And I want to remind people, can you tell I'm starting to get on my soapbox a little bit on this one, that as prices spiked due to legitimate issues during the COVID-19 pandemic, many of these issues have resolved, but prices have not come down. Why is that? It's pretty simple. Corporate greed. Some economists have coined the term greedflation to refer to the record high profits corporations are seeing while cost of living and inflation rise. Between the end of 2020 and the third quarter of 2022, employee pay rose by 14%, but corporate profits grew by a whopping 28%, double that. The Federal Reserve is placing the fall on the average citizen by raising these interest rates, but has yet to do anything to, cor to curb corporate profit. That's kind of a tongue twister corporate profit, and it might not, right? Which is insane to me because I do think that something needs to be done. I'm going to end on this quick reminder to all my small business and self-employed friends, if you are paying quarterly taxes, they were due yesterday, and it's not too late to submit a payment or send a check without penalty. So take 10 minutes of your time this morning to do that. Get that done. Future you will thank you. All right, that's it for this Friday. I'll be back on Monday with our regularly scheduled podcast and of course back next Friday for more money news.